big picture sort of question. Yep. Just on, on third and long, obviously you have a decision every time whether you're going to, you know, rush and blitz mm-hmm. or you're going to send maybe three and play coverage. Just like what goes into that decision and sort of what are the, the pros and cons of, of each approach? Well, I think, like always, it usually starts with the people. Um, that's how I look at it. So, like, how many people do we have to cover? You know, so if the number gets great, you know, we got to be we gotta be mindful of that. And then personally for me, after the people, how many people got to cover is, is and before I even get to our guys is the experience of the quarterback, you know, like, so like to me in those third and longer situations, just in my, my short two years spent of being a coordinator, um, when you play some zones, sometimes I get worried sometimes based on the experience of the quarterback. Sometimes I like to be on them more based on the experience of the quarterback if they're younger. Like, that's just a general, like, you know, when you ask a big pitcher, I'm not saying specifically for this week, but like, if you ask me while I'm at the pool on, you know, in, in June, that's what I'm thinking. Um, and then from there, it's just in terms of the rush, like, so, and the part, uh, part of the game we're at. So, you know, if it's the end of the game, you need to play, you might want to force the ball out quick. So you bring a certain rush to get the ball out quick. If it's early in the game and just a little bit more conservative by nature, then you might three-man rush it, try to manipulate it so you can get some pressure off of it. But those are some of the things that go into mind right there. But like for me, it starts with who we're covering, who's the quarterback, and then from there, the situation and where it's at in the game. Thanks, Pat. No problem. Of course. Hey, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. Um, can you talk about the challenges and maybe the difficulty of manufacturing a pass rush? Uh, you know, some guys have one guy who's going to get 10, 15 mm-hmm. sacks, maybe two guys. Um, you guys are on pace for 40 sacks, but no one is on pace for double digits. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't have Carter. You don't have X-Man. You know, how do you, you know, the challenge of a guy who's got to move these chess pieces around? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's less chess pieces moving around. I mean, and it's more of these guys just figuring out ways to get to the quarterback. Our guys, they, I mean, they work pretty hard at it. You know, in terms of the coaches that deal with it the most, Brett and Spence, they, they deal with a lot with the pass rush. And I would say Kevin's involved with that as well. And then, you know, by nature, just because I'm an old D-line coach, I, I get involved in the pass rush a little bit. But I think the fun part about it is, you know, we have to be coordinated. And I think the more you look at how this league is changing, and it starts probably in Pop Warner and how it is in college, all these quarterbacks can move. You know, you know, when I first got in the league, it was certain quarterbacks you had to worry about them getting out of the pocket. You know, everybody's live in the red area. Everybody will scramble in the red area. We all got that. There's points at stake, all that stuff. But out in the field, when I first got in the league, we didn't have to deal with that many quarterbacks that can move and you were worried about it. Like, so you could play two-man and not worry about it because so-and-so wasn't going to scramble. You know, so you, you didn't have to worry about spying them. But the more quarterbacks that can move, you know, like you just go down up and down the list of quarterbacks we played. I mean, really, I mean, you say Tom, but Tom moves in the pocket pretty decent. I'm not saying he's going to scramble for 20 yards, but like, I mean, we've dealt with every week as a quarterback that can move. So that's probably the challenge. So even if you've got that guy that could get 12 to 15, okay, that's cool. But like the other elements of the rush, you got to piece it together to make sure you're caging the quarterback up. And I think, you know, that's what we got to keep continuing to do a better job of, you know, not extending, letting them extend plays. But I, I think it's fun. I, I, I think it's fun anytime we get a chance to, you know, you know, and I don't know if it's based on our players, but just the challenge of rushing an offense. I mean, the O-line coaches in the league, there's only 32 of them, and they're, they're really, really good. Because, I, I mean, usually you look at most staffs, the O-line coach is the best coach on the staff, you know, in terms of the detail, knowing. I, I tell the guys all the time, if you want to know anything about yourself, I said, you need to go ask the line coach. I'm sure he has a list up 
on those guys all the time. <laughs> so I was like, if you want to know what you're doing, ask the line coach. So that, that's probably the biggest challenge right there. Thank you. Yep. Pat Leonard. Hey, Pat. What's how up? are you guys incorporating new players every week so seamlessly? It mm. seems like every week you either have new players to the roster mm. that are suddenly playing, let's say, 30 or 40 snaps, or rookies that you're acclimating who haven't played yet and suddenly are – making big plays for you. I would imagine there's a lot of detail and a lot of um, maybe preparation even weeks ahead for some of these guys, for mm -hmm. these roles. Just how much detail is there in, put into that? And why are you guys looking like a defense that maybe has been together, even though you keep adding new pieces, if that makes sense? Well, let's start. The first is the hard work the guys put in. So whether it's their, their rookie or their first day here, they have to put in the work to see the results. So, like, yeah, we want to push people to get out on the field, but if they don't show us that they can handle it, it's not going to work out. So they do that. Um, secondly, I would say it's the coaches. I mean, not just the position coaches either, you know, like Brett, Spence, Kevin, Jerome. It's also the guys behind the scenes, you know, like Mike, um, Blev, you know, uh, Jody. Those guys, when we're game planning, you got new guys, you know, they spend the time you know, whether it's Zoom or what, what have you, to get these guys right to help them get prepared. That plays a huge role in what we do, you know, and it's a huge, huge role in terms of their development, in terms of being um, young NFL coaches, and so we could push that down the line. So, like, to me, I remember when I was put in that position, you know, I was proud when I'm like, you know what, I got that, I helped get that guy ready. You know, it was like, it was a big deal, you know. So you get, he gets his one or two plays there in the game, and he gets it right, and I'm sitting there, you know, and, you know, you get a pat on the back, like you got him ready. I mean, that's that's a big part of it. So is there detail? I mean, I hope, yeah, I mean, I, we got to be detailed about everything. And then really it comes down to development of players. You know, this football is a physical game. Uh, you're going to lose guys throughout the season. You have to be constantly thinking about developing the players, the roster. And Joe does a great job of laying that foundation. Again, that's how we learned. You know, those guys that you think aren't playing in September, they're going to be playing in November. Just That's just how it happens. It doesn't – like something's going to happen. They have to play. So you have to look ahead in terms of the development of your roster or you're going to get caught short. And if you get caught short, nobody cares. I mean, like, Washington doesn't care if so-and-so's hurt. They don't care. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're going to go out there and try to kick our butt. I mean, they don't care. So you have to develop the roster and, and hope those guys are prepared and put the work in to do so. I'm Kevin. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Good morning. Um, quick question. Uh, James Bradbury uh, seemed to travel a lot last week. Mm -hmm. how, what goes into a decision? Is it the other receiver who you want to take out of the game, or is it part of the game plan? Because McLaurin this week is a pretty good guy, too. <laughs> yeah, pretty good, yeah. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Um, I think it, it, it's part of his strategy. I'll give you that. Like, I, mean, I don't want you to think, like, oh, it's just a – Part of his strategy, you know, you can start the game one way and then say, okay, we're going to switch it in the second quarter. Okay, we're going to start the game one way, we're going to switch it in the second half. You know, so that's part of the whole chess piece moves or whatever like we were talking about earlier. Then it's, it's definitely based on the people, like in terms of the skill set. How do we see the matchup? But do you take into account the other people playing defensive back? Absolutely, absolutely. Does so-and-so match up better with him, so let's move these pieces around. You know, just by nature, J.B., He's been in the league longer. He's more of a, he can match up with 
numerous guys. So he's a good chess piece to have. I keep using that phrase. <laughs> so, but um, he's a good um, piece to be able to move around because we can match him up different places to help make it easier or help uh, play to our advantage with some of the other positions. I think that answers your question. Thank you. No problem. All right. Hey, Pat, good morning. Good morning. Uh, you mentioned the acclimation for, for guys coming into the defense. I'm just curious from the rookie perspective, you mentioned that you guys are always looking ahead. Mm -hmm. You take us inside that process a little bit. How far in advance are you with some of these guys? And is it a delicate balance to not rush guys per se based on need? You know, when Zoe went down, you could have pushed an X-Man. You could have pushed mm -hmm. more snaps on the rookie in with you. But it seemed like you kind of stuck to the plan rather than putting those guys maybe in positions that they would not succeed. I think just like I've always said, everything's a reflection of the head coach's vision. So, you know, I've been lucky in my career, every place I've been, I've, you know, been, you know, been able to hear what the coach's vision is and I, I and I understood it. So like just being, you know, close with Joe as a coach and as a friend, like I see his vision for the team in terms of just how we have to develop these young guys. So when we draft the, the guys that we had on defense, like we knew that whatever the process was going to be, we had to keep pushing it, just keep pushing it to get them better, you know, and improve daily and then put a little bit more on their plate. And then the coaches understand that, you know, so that comes from being like-minded and understanding that part of it. Now, how far ahead do you look? I mean, we, you know, Joe talks about breaking up the season in quarters. He talked about that. Um, we all know about like, you know, Thanksgiving, that's when football starts. Like, so like to me, you're trying to always build towards that. Like when you hit November, you're playing your best football and you're playing your best football with who's available because something's going to happen. So, I mean, I, because I've been in the league a few years, like I'm, as soon as the season's ending and we draft the guys, I'm starting to think about that. To be honest with you, not in the, not, not like the minute details of it, but like you have to think about it. You draft a young guy. Where's he at? We had Zoe. We had X. We had Fact. Okay, where are these young edge guys going to play into it? Are they going to start right from jump? No. So then you got to say, okay, how are we going to develop them? What's the best way to do it? And so that's how you go about it. And then you see how to use them as weapons. So if, if, it, if we need them against Washington, let's use them against Washington, you know? Um, if that plays into the game plan. But, you know, you, you got to look ahead. But that's how I was taught to do it, so. Thanks, Pat. Yep. We'll take two more, Jordan and Matt. Uh, Jordan. Hey, Pat. What's up? You guys have told us from the start that this is going to be a very multiple defense. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked on Monday night like you kind of threw everything you had at, <laughs> at Tom Brady there. Mm -hmm. How much of that would you have been able to do earlier in the season? Obviously, you know, there was the limitations this, this summer and uh, in the spring in general. And uh, what, how much more can you add going forward? Well, the beauty of how we've installed and how Joe laid it out that he wanted us to, you know, to talk to the guys, we spent a lot of time in the spring. And again, learned this from Flo, learned this from uh, Brian Flores, learned this from Matt Patricia, learned it from Bill, that install the core concepts. So install cover three. Don't worry about whatever the call is for cover three. Install the version of cover three. What's a curl flat? What's a hook curl? If they can understand that, and the whole group can understand it, then you could have 10 calls that are still cover three, but people are in different spots. So we took our time to do that. And that's why I've learned over my career, that's the best way to do it. 
to be able to be more multiple as you push down the, um, down the year. So whether it's cover two or whatever it may be, like just making sure they understand what the core concepts are. So I can say, okay, now Jordan, here, you go play this spot and cover. You're like, well, I was playing it, but well, let's play this spot. It's the same thing. You were in the same meeting, right? Okay, same meeting, same technique. Go do that. So obviously it grows as time goes on. It goes on. But like, you know, again, <laughs> I'm just telling you, we're not doing that much stuff. <laughs> I know everybody thinks we're not, we're not doing that much stuff. We, we just try to do what we're, we, can, we can execute, and um, the guys are trying to do it at a high level. We got ways to go in terms of improvement. I obviously got to do a better job coaching and a better job of um, getting to understand all the fine details of it and also calling the game. But, you know, it comes from the hard work they put in the spring and the Zoom meetings, to be honest with you. They, you know, you could talk to all, I mean, I would assume like even Dalvin could tell you what a curl flat, what the job of the curl flat is, so. <laughs> Last one here, Lombardo. Yeah. Hey, Pat, how's it going, man? What's up? Hey, um, it seems like the league is trending a lot more towards just generating front court pressure. Uh, the players seem to do it. You guys have done a really nice job. Can you just talk about, you know, what Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson have been able to do and how they've kind of grown as pass rushers this year? Well, I, I think they they all had they all had the talent, and I, I mean, I, obviously, there's nothing that new that I've done. It's just because you've seen it on tape. That's why we're, we're willing to put them in those spots. I mean, the thing I've seen in terms of development, um, I mean, the biggest thing for Leo was just like, let's hit it quick, man. Let's go. Like they can't. I mean, let's let's hit the move quick and let's go. Get to the quarterback. Like stop. You know, just do that. Um, Dalvin. I mean, he's playing with good pad level. Uh, he's always been powerful. He's always been explosive. He always has good hands in terms of his handwork. But just the biggest thing for me is pad level. Like, when it comes back to the rush, fortunately, again, football's simple, and I'm a simple dude. Like, it comes back to pad level because the pad level leads to the violence, whether it's the run game or the pass game. So you ask those guys. I mean, like, again, they might think I'm a jerk, okay. But all I talk to them, I don't talk to them about any moves. I don't care. I just say you have to be lower than them. And that's all I say to them, period.